0: And we're live. Welcome to the art of attraction. My name is Dominie Drew. I am your host, and this is the place where you can come to learn to be real. And what is the point of being real? More authenticity, more freedom for God's sakes on levels you didn't even know you had. Feeling free to be who you are. Freedom from fear is a huge benefit of this particular work. Success in your business, success in your relationship. This is really. What it's about. Okay. Here is the place where I teach you, I show you how uh, I've learned to do this. Okay. So, whether that's you're interested in attracting a partner, whether you're struggling in your business and you don't really know where to take it, um, or, um, you know, what the next step is to take, or you don't have enough money, or you don't know where you're going in life, or you can't feel, you know, sometimes people come to me and they've got, um, petrifying stage fright and they have a longing to be on stage. People come to me to, you know, to show them uh, how to be more attractive to women or to men, how to find peace in themselves, how to, um, how to combat, you know, fear and anxiety. And this all comes down to, um, to how you are being with yourself, to these underlying levels where we hold ourselves back from what we want. And so, uh, I'm your host, Dominique Drew, and I come to this with 15 years of experience. Let me just tell you what: when I started doing this work, I was a very different person than I am now. I, you know, today it's funny. I I talk about how it used to be for me, and sometimes I look at people and they, as I'm saying it, and I think they don't quite believe me, and I don't really blame them because I look, speak, feel. Think, behave totally differently than I used to. You know, I used to have every single insecurity you could possibly imagine. Like the idea, and I was never shy. Like I was always sort of, you know, I enjoyed being on stage or like being the center of attention. I was that kind of kid. Right. Um, But I never would have been able to do something like this, like get on a podcast and actually um, speak, you know, let alone speak my truth and teach what I've learned. And, um, and and really show my my gift in the way that I that I do here and that I do with my with my clients in such a profoundly powerful way. And so, um, and so there, there are a number of things that really that really have shifted for me over that over that that time. And honestly, I don't even look anything like I used to, right? I used to uh, carry a lot more weight, right? Um, I was I was less attractive, to be honest. Um, and, and, and the shift wasn't made to be more attractive. I just, you know, I was less happy. I was more insecure. I was more afraid. Uh, I carried responsibility for other people's happiness. And that would manifest for me as weight in my body. And so when I, um, when I started giving that up, right, I was a major people pleaser. Um, people who tend to describe themselves as empaths. Right. There's, there's a fuzziness between those two lines because someone who is naturally empathetic will distort towards um, exaggerated empathy or being a doormat, right, or a people pleaser. And so it's like, oh, I, you know, I, I feel people or letting everything in, right? Uh, let, let me make a small correction. It's not that empathy distorts to, towards doormat, kindness, um, niceness, sweetness can distort toward doormat. Empathy will distort toward taking, uh, taking on other people's stuff right? So the, the, the cry of the, uh, of the empath that I hear all the time is, oh, I'm really empathetic. I just can't be around negative energy, you know, because I just take it all on. Well, you don't have to take it all on. That doesn't have anything to do with being empathetic. Being empathetic just means that you, um, you feel more, right? You're more open to feeling those things. That doesn't mean that you can't turn it off. The fact that you can't, quote unquote, can't be around negative energy, which by the way is is not a thing. First of all, n- negative energy isn't a thing. It's just energy. It's just whether or not you like it, right? Whether or not you, it, it works for you in that moment, right? You're deciding if it's positive or negative. It just is what it is. Um, secondly, you know, I can't be around negative energy. That energy that they're describing there as negative is, is everywhere, right? It's, it's in people you pass in the street. It's, um, it, it's in the street itself. Like that, that's not a thing, right? There's all kinds of energy everywhere and we're all living in it all the time. So, you know, when they say stuff like that, what they're actually, what they're actually saying is I can't seem to shut this off, right? They have a boundary problem. They can't say no. And that's what I had. I wasn't able to say no. And so I just said yes to everything because in my mind, and this is not accurate, but this is what I carried. I. Um, I refused to, um, to say no because I thought that saying no meant you didn't love someone, right? I thought that saying no meant that uh, you were rejecting them as a person. And I didn't want to do that because I was naturally loving, right? Empaths tend to be naturally loving. But you can see how there's the core quality of naturally loving, and then there's loving as a default right? I have to love you. It's like, well, well. why? Why do you have to love me? Just because you're naturally loving, just because you're naturally intelligent doesn't mean you have every answer to everything, right? Um, and so what we do is we distort, right? We distort, our, um, we distort our core qualities, right? We distort what we're naturally good at, and as a result, um, it becomes a, a defense, right? So even loving can be a defense, as you can see, right? I was like, oh, I just naturally love people. That's just, that's core. That's who I am, right? But then, oh, I can't say no to anyone because it means I don't love them. That's the distortion of love, right? That's not love, right? So, uh, so anyways, when I realized this, this weight just fell off my body. I was the type of person who couldn't lose weight. I mean, I just couldn't. I remember doing... all sorts of things in my teenage years, you know, um, any kind of quick fix I could come across, anything that said, you know, weight loss with an exclamation point, I was, I was buying it, you know, and, um, and I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't make him off, including going to the gym really regularly for a really significant period of time. And I was a competitive horseback rider. So, you know, while that doesn't necessarily give you like a super hard body, um, it, it does, you know, you're definitely still working your muscles, right? So it was, it was illogical, really, that I, that I carried that kind of weight. And then when I started drawing my boundaries, and that's what I really, want, really wanted to talk with you about today, when I really started um, saying no, learning what was me and what was them, and really prioritizing me, that's what it kind of comes down to, you know? Um, in a given interaction, oh, hey, Domini, do you want to go out to a movie this weekend? Let's just say that I don't. Because I don't really like that person that much, but I couldn't say that to myself because I'm like, oh, I have to love everybody. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds really fun. You know, not really sure if I can, but, you know, I I definitely will want you. So they go, okay, that sounds like a yes. Or maybe I just would have said yes and gone. I mean, it's just, you know, and in that way, I was prioritizing them over me. I don't want you to be upset that I said no. So I'll just say yes. And then I'm upset. Because I said, yes, something I don't want to do, but I, you know, but I didn't even feel that, right? So can you see how it's in a way I was prioritizing the other over me? I was the message I was telling me and them, mostly me, is that you're more important than I am. Your happiness and lack of disappointment is worth more. And to be valued more and to be prioritized more than my happiness and, you know, discomfort or whatever it is, um going to that movie with you. You see what I mean? And so there's a way in which every time I did that, and I'm sure I did it, you know, a hundred times a day. I mean, these interactions are very small. I don't mean somebody asking me to uh to go do something a hundred times a day, but in a hundred times a day, I would make small choices that would prioritize those around me and and devalue myself. So the consistent message to me was, subconsciously, you don't matter. You don't matter, they matter. That person whose name you barely know, they matter, right? So what is it that, that, that you're doing? What message are you sending yourself that you may not even realize you, you're sending? And so today I really want to talk about responsibility right? Because when I started taking responsibility, or started not taking responsibility, because taking responsibility for myself was never a problem for me. I'm just someone who naturally enjoys responsibility. I have no issue with it. Not everyone's like that. Doesn't matter if you are or you're not. Just know how you work. Um, But when I stop taking responsibility for other people's life experience, right? Like it's my job to make you happy. Guys, you know, (laughs) I'm in the I'm in the coaching industry. I'm in the healing industry. I'm in whatever you want to call it. I still don't take responsibility for my my clients' success. I can't. It's out of my control. I take responsibility for showing them the door. That's my job. But making them walk through it, can't do it. Right? I don't I used to take people's pain from them again, distortion of the healer, right? I was always that person. Are you guys this person? I was always that person in um, in college and before even who, um, who people would go to when they were struggling, just automatically. They just, wanted, they just naturally wanted to come, with, come to me. It's one of the reasons that I went into um, the industry that I did and, and decided to help people um, to, to see how it is that they're subconsciously holding themselves back from what they want, right? And so uh, people would come to me and I would take their pain them, you know, Uh, in some way, of course, I didn't mean to be doing this, but I would, I would try and remove it because, you know, I thought that's what healing was, right? I thought that that is what they needed to help them feel better. And temporarily they did. So here's how these interactions went. They would be, you know, going through some sort of struggle or crisis. They'd come to me, we'd sit together and they'd tell me all about it. And I'm just taking on and taking on and taking on. And they would leave feeling great and I would leave feeling like shit. Right? Because I'd taken on all of this additional, um, you know, energy and, and discord and trauma that wasn't even mine. Right? And I didn't know how to let it go. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just, you know, wanted to make them feel better. But here's the rub. Okay? So there's a way in which I'm, I'm taking responsibility. I'm trying to fix it. It's my job to fix your problem fucking how? How on earth could it possibly be my job to fix your problem, right? That's, that's an unhealthy sense of responsibility, okay? And that's important. That doesn't mean that I don't, I don't help, let's say, my clients, right? My clients experience more transformation in one session with me than they've experienced in decades, and I mean most of them, right? There is no, there's nobody who's even come, you know, I have an eight week course and there's no one who's gone even, you know, a week into it and not, you know, totally shifted their, their viewpoint and where they are. Right. So, you know, what I do is, uh, it sounds a little crazy to say it, but it's kind of magic, like it's kind of actual, real, predictable, measurable magic. <laughs> um, and, you know, it gets extraordinary results, which is wonderful. So, you know, they're able, to, they're able to get through things that, you know, oftentimes they didn't even know were fixable, you know. Um, and so... And so... Um, and so then, so, so they would they would you know, I would take responsibility for for this person who came to me in, in college's healing process. I decided I needed to fix it. I did my best, they left, I left feeling terrible. And what I was doing was taking their pain in a way that was really more for me than for them, right? Because you might think to yourself, oh, man, you have the ability to, like, take somebody's pain. That's not an ability, by the way. Anybody, it was just happening subconsciously. Like, people do this kind of thing all the time. So, it's, that's like, that wasn't part of my, my gift, right? It was a distortion. It wasn't good. Um, and, you know, I, I, could, I, could, I could take it, but that's, that doesn't really help them, right? They only felt better temporarily. That didn't solve the problem. You can't actually do that. You can't take someone's pain f- from them, or for them. That's not a thing. You can support them in handling it themselves.
1: Okay? But you can't,
0: um, you can't do it for them. That's not how the human system works. And when you try to do it for them, or you try to come in and fix it, or things like that, psychologically, the message that you're sending is that they can't do it themselves, right? It's that they're incompetent or not incompetent, but just, just unable, right? As opposed to empowering them. And they're like, can you do it for me? And I go, no, but I'll help you do it. You can do it yourself. And then they learn. They go through the tough place and they get and they're stronger and they grow, right? This is the growing process. And so when I was there, and I was taking their their pain, whether I meant to or not, what I was really doing was handling my own discomfort because I didn't want them to be hurting. So you can see how that sounds like a sweet and lovely thing, but it's not. It is bullshit. Because truly, it was my discomfort I was trying to get out of. Now, this was all very profoundly subconscious, and I wasn't aware of it. And yet, it was happening. So when I became aware of it and I saw this pattern and I realized what was going on, I went, oh, all right, shoot. Right? So even things that sound, even things that sound, you know, it's socially acceptable or or sweet or yeah, like you're, you're doing great. Th- no, no. Commitment to yourself. Once I started prioritizing myself, because first of all, what good is a healer uh, or a therapist or a coach who's, Exhausted from one client. How many people can I help then? Right. One client gets a band-aid and gets temporarily better, and I'm useless for everybody else. Now I could work with, you know, room full of a thousand people for probably four days straight and be great, you know? And I do that by by um by not taking on, right? I hold those boundaries now because. There's, I'm I'm not unclear about um, what it's like to, to take on someone's pain or just hold space for them. I'm not unclear on, I've handled my discomfort around people being in pain, right? My need to fix. Can you see how that was me needing to fix them? Oh my God, you're hurting. Oh my God, here, let me see. What can I do? What can I do? It's like, hold your horses, girl.
1: Sit back in your body. Man, I really hear you. Tell me more, if you like.
0: There, I'm holding space. Okay? I'm resting in my body. I'm allowing them to be in the space that they're being. And I am I can do that because I'm comfortable with myself. You know? I'm genuinely comfortable with myself. And so I'm able to... Because I can sit in my own self so comfortably and and tolerate the pain of another, I can help more people because then I hold space for them and they can be exactly as they are. There's no agenda to change them. So, you see how even though I was, quote, trying to help before by taking their pain, really the message comes across I need to change you. You're not okay. This isn't okay. It is okay. It's just uncomfortable. Whatever you're going through is okay, it's just uncomfortable. They're just feelings. If you're having a panic attack, it's cool. Deep breaths down into your belly. Keep going till it's gone. It's just just a feeling, right? Big wave of sadness, just a feeling. What we tend to do is we tend to grab onto it and, um, oh my God, I'm panicking, so I need to blank, right? Instead of just, oh, I feel a lot of fear right now. Ooh, this is a lot of fear. Okay, I'm feeling a lot of fear, and then you stay with it until, and this will happen within seconds. You know, less than a minute. I think it goes. It might be for a few minutes, but it will not. You know, emotions come in wave patterns. Yeah, so there's no, um, you know, if you don't grab onto it, if you grab onto it and hold it, then it it increases in your system, right? If you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I'm feeling all this fear. I'm really, really afraid. And you're in your head and you're spinning out all the ideas and things that can happen and you're projecting into the future. And you, that's making you freak out. None of that exists. None of it exists. Nothing that happens in your brain actually exists in reality. They're just synapses firing, just neurons. Okay. And so we have these, you know, chemicals and, and things, and we think, oh, man, this is this is this big dramatic thing. If you can just breathe through it, just feel the feelings in your body, you can literally get through anything. I've done this for so long. I know this can sound a little crazy, but it absolutely every single time works. And what you're doing is you're building the container to be able to tolerate more. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm feeling fear. Doesn't mean I need to run away. You know, if you're in imminent danger, someone's coming at you with a knife, different thing. But for the most part, we're feeling fear and there's nothing actually scary happening. Now, that does not mean that your
1: feelings are invalid. Okay,
0: to your system, something very important is happening, right? You are experiencing blank or you're experiencing blank or you're, you know, you got triggered and it reminded you of that time when you were three and your dad left and You thought that, you know, he was never coming back and you trigger that feeling of abandonment. So it's very real in your system. So you have to kind of hold this partially real in that you trust it, right? Don't dismiss your emotions. Like that doesn't make any sense. If you ever say that doesn't make any sense with regard to your emotions, you're in defense, okay? You're just trying to dismiss them and get rid of them because they're uncomfortable to feel, all right? And I know because sense is a mental statement and emotions are on a very different level. They are on the emotional level. Okay. Things only make sense, quote unquote, on the mental level. Okay. That's a thought statement. And so if you have, um, you know, if you're like, oh man, I feel really disappointed, but that doesn't make any sense. Just let yourself feel disappointed. Okay. Just let yourself feel whatever you're feeling. And when your feeling is ready to go, let it go. Okay. It comes like a wave we can block it on the way in or we can hold on to it and keep it on the way out. Don't do either. Just allow it to come in and allow it to come out. Does that make sense? This is a really essential step here. Okay? It's a really essential shift. Get out of your head and into your body. The more you can live from your body, the better. Okay? And I say that not because you know, body's necessarily you know better than head. It's because the head doesn't really exist, right? You're you're in your mind all day thinking about scenarios or memories or, um, you know, things that might happen in the future that that brings up anxiety, right? Things that happen in the past that tends to bring up depression. Um, reprocessing things that have already happened. There's nothing useful unless you're actively doing a math problem. It's nothing you really need your brain for on a moment-to-moment basis. Okay, it doesn't make you less intelligent because you're not running, you know, on a mental hamster wheel all day long. That's not intelligence. That's uh, obsession. That's compulsion. Right? That, that's, that is not intelligence. Intelligence is, is reason, logic. It's, it's, um, it's beautiful... Um, you know architecture of thought structures and ideas, and when you call on it, that is where your intelligence can can shine. If your mind is going on a hamster wheel by default, that that's that's just you know it's, it's exhausting you unnecessarily, right? Now you're going through these emotions and you're going through this these scenarios and and you're tiring yourself out. yeah and Your system also tends to get going really fast in those situations. Right. And if you come back to the breath, which is how you get back down into your body, because the breath is literally happening right here, right now, and no other time. So it's a great way. It's like a doorway into the present moment. And again, if this is sounding like, oh man, I don't know, this sounds like meditation and shit like that. First of all, it kind of is. Um, Second of all, this isn't, this doesn't undo intelligence or fast thought. In fact, it allows you to be faster because your focus is more, you're more centered. So rather than, shoot, you know, shoot, as an analogy, sort of shooting a gun everywhere and sort of spraying everywhere with bullets and hoping something hits your target, it's about breathing, focusing, and then opening your, your eyes, taking one shot and bam, you've hit it, right? So it's a, it's a very different way of life. And it's also easier. It's more peaceful. It's more joyful. And it's more successful. Right, because you're focusing on what matters. Like, if you're the type of person to um, run a business, if you run a business, right, and you've got your fingers in multiple pies, and it's like kind of messy, but you're kind of dealing with it and all this sort of thing. It's like, what is moving the needle of your
1: business? Do that and nothing else, all day long. That's
0: it. Okay. So that focus. And centeredness, you're grounded, you can breathe more, life is easier, you're not holding on to things from the past and future that don't really exist. So you can see your whole system starts starts to shift. And all of that comes from following your breath down into the body. And that just means watching it, right? Until you start to slow down, your system starts to slow down. Okay. If you start getting fast, you're probably going up into your head. Anxiety is probably following come down into your body. Okay. Feel your feelings
1: as they come. And when they're finished, let them go.
0: I just started working with a client a week ago. And she had an incredible experience. She, we, you know, we worked together for an hour and she, she sent me, I wish I could share it. She sent me in her, in her group this list of probably 10, 15 things that she struggled with for minimum years um, and maximum her entire life that had shifted in that one session with me, right? So this this is what I do. It doesn't need to take long. doesn't need to be complicated. doesn't need to be woo-woo. It just needs to be focused. And the more time you can spend here, the more you can practice being here, the better, right? The faster you get the results. And the results don't need to be, um, you know, s- spiritual in nature. I wouldn't say my work is particularly spiritual in nature. I don't consider myself a, uh, I mean, I consider myself a spiritual person, I, I guess. But see, even that term is, is a little off. Spirituality is just the consciously lived life. So am I spiritual in the sense of, you know, I spend a lot of time consciously meditating or things like that? No, not particularly. But I'm very awake, Because I'm very interested in um, awakening because I see the results. A person who is awake is calmer, happier, more successful, more stimulated, more passionate, more um, in balance, more healthy, more effortless, more wealthy, right? If those are things that that person wants. So the more you wake up, the more your life is freaking awesome basically right and so this is this is really what it comes down to so if this interests you and you're interested in learning more I really encourage you to come to my website dominiedrew.com to subscribe to this podcast and to see how I can help you because this is you know I, I don't find everybody who comes to work with me says I don't see this work anywhere else um and they certainly don't see the results anywhere else. So this is an opportunity, right? If it sounds like it's too much or it seems scary or it's now's not the right time, just notice what your mind is telling you and question it because there is no wrong time. There is nothing that's more important than this because this work gives you back yourself, gives you back your relationships,
1: gives you back your life, So
0: I look forward to seeing you uh, in one of my courses. I look forward to working with you. I can't wait to see what transformations you make. And that's going to be it for today. So I'll see you on the next episode of The Art of Attraction. Thanks so much for joining me. And don't forget to subscribe. See you soon.